The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up. We gather for ordered worship. The liturgy, music, homily, and cantata are offered in the praise of God for our congregation here within Marsh Chapel, for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership now and later around the globe. We welcome your prayerful and material support, your written or emailed responses, your self-selection of forms of leadership and service in our midst. And as the Spirit moves, come Sunday, your presence with us in worship. This is the day the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
pray. O God, you declare your almighty power chiefly in showing mercy and pity. Grant us the fullness of your grace that we, running to obtain your promises, may become partakers of your heavenly treasure through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. A lesson from the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 32, verses 1 through 3 and 6 through 15. The word came to Jeremiah from the Lord in the tenth year of the king Zedekiah of Judah, which was the eighteenth year of Nebuchadrezzar. At that time, the army of the king of Babylon was besieging Jerusalem, and the prophet Jeremiah was confined in the court of the guard that was in the palace of the king of Judah, where King Zedekiah of Judah had confined him. Jeremiah said, the word of the Lord came to me. Hanamel, son of your uncle Shalom, is going to come to you and say, buy my field that is at Anathoth, for the right of redemption by purchase is yours. Then my cousin Hanamel came to me in the court of the guard in accordance with the word of the Lord and said to me, buy my field that is at Anathoth in the land of Benjamin for the right of possession and redemption is yours. Buy it for yourself. Then I knew that this was the word of the Lord, and I bought the field at Anathoth from my cousin Hanamel and weighed out the money to him, 17 shekels of silver. I signed the deed, sealed it, got witnesses, and weighed the money on the scales. Then I took the sealed deed of purchase, containing the terms and conditions, and the open copy, and I gave the deed of purpose, purchase to Barak, son of Neriah, son of Messiah, in the presence of my cousin Hanamel, in the presence of the witnesses who signed the deed of purchase, and in the presence of all the Judeans who were sitting in the court of the guard. In their presence I charged Barak, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Take these deeds, both sealed deed of purchase and this open deed, and put them in an earthenware jar, in order that they may last for a long time. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, houses and fields and vineyards shall again be bought in this land. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Please join me in saying verses from Psalm 91 with the antiphon. of the Most High, who abide in the shadow of the Almighty, will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, 
my God, in whom I trust. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, or the arrow that flies by day, or the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, or the destruction that wastes at noonday. Those who love me I will deliver. I will protect those who know my name. When they call to me, I will answer them. I will be with them in trouble, and I will rescue them and honor them. With long life, I will satisfy them and show them my salvation. we are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the gospel. Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 16, verses 19 through 31. Glory to you, O Lord. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple, in fine linen, and who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who longed to satisfy his hunger with what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs would come and lick his sores. The poor man died and was carried away by angels to be with Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, where he was being tormented, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. He called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in agony with these, in these flames. But Abraham said, Child, remember that during your lifetime you received your good things, and Lazarus 
in, the man in like manner evil things. But now he is comforted, here, and you are in agony. Besides all this, between you and us a great chasm has been fixed, so that those who might want to pass from here to you cannot do so, and no one can cross from there to us. He said, Then, Father, I beg you to send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, that he may warn them so that they will not also come into this place of torment. Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. They should listen to them. He said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to him, If they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced, even if someone rises from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. <clears throat> the beauty of the music this morning is itself a sort of baptism. We sometimes long to take a spiritual shower, to bathe ourselves in the living waters of grace, faith, hope, life, and love. Especially, it might be stressed on any college campus today, the need for spiritual cleansing is continual. We need both judgment and mercy, both honesty and kindness, both prophetic upbraid and parabolic uplift. And we get them, thanks be to God, this morning in Jeremiah and in Luke. But look, they come upside down. In a stunning reversal, kindness and gentle hope are the hallmarks of our passage from Jeremiah, while wrath and hellfire explode out of Luke. Listen again to the voice of the prophet one of the great strange voices in all of history and life, one of the great strange voices in all of holy writ, Jeremiah. All is lost in Judah as Jeremiah addresses Zedekiah the king. You will be a slave in Babylon, King Zedekiah. You will be given into the hand of your sworn mortal enemy, and so too will be the fate of your city, your temple, your people, and your country, King Zedekiah. But, nonetheless, nevertheless, and yet, these are sweet resurrection words, but, nonetheless, nevertheless, still, even so. And Jeremiah put his money where his mouth is, or was. In this season of cultural demise and decay across our country, we benefit from the harsh challenge of Luke and we benefit from the hopeful promise in Jeremiah. You see, there is more Luke in Jeremiah than at first you think, and there is more Jeremiah in Luke than at first you think. Luke addresses our sin. Sin is not doing concrete deeds of generous kindness. Sin is not doing generous deeds of kindness. Of all the Gospels, St. Luke most emphasizes this in the Sermon on the Plain, in the wording of the Lord's Prayer, in the parables of sower, Samaritan, lost sheep, lost coin, lost son, dishonest steward, guest to the wedding banquet, the ten-heeled lepers, 
and so on. Luke most addresses this in the communal interest ex extended to Samaritans, those of different ethnic and re religious background, to women, those whom tradition has marginalized, to the poor, those left forgotten in transaction and acquisition, to the lepers, those ritually and culturally excluded. To read Luke is to be given eyes to see by contrast abroad in America today an emerging culture of denigration and to weep. This is an ancient mirror held up to and for us all and in some measure we have contributed to a culture that is uncultured, a rhetoric that is rancorous, a politics that is impolitic, an increasingly uncivil civil society, a rejection of hard-won experience and preparation in favor of careless entertainment and tomfoolery, a preference for cruelty over beauty, and a robust willingness to throw away hundreds of years of painstakingly crafted institutional commitments and social norms. The centrality of generosity is set for us in today's harsh parable of Lazarus and Dives, the harrowing horror of what, of what it means to forget the needs of the poor. Such forgetfulness is a persistent threat in the heart of all human life but is especially challenging for those who have much and so are sheltered routinely from the anxiety of poverty, the hurt of exclusion, the pain of hunger, and the despair of lack and loss. Sin is the unwillingness on a weekly basis to practice generous kindness. Luke chillingly reminds us so. And Jeremiah? Jeremiah addresses our salvation. Now that his beloved country is in ruins, Jeremiah does something great. Remember 587 BCE. The city is burned, the temple is wrecked, the population is slaughtered or in chains, and the nation is destroyed, soon to spend two generations in Babylon. By the rivers of Babylon we sat down and wept as our tormentors said to us, sing to us one of the songs of Zion. But Jeremiah buys a plot of land. One day, a long time from now, he muses and prays, there will be some manner of restoration. I cannot see it, I cannot hear it, I cannot prove it, sometimes I cannot believe it. But hoping against hope, I will buy some land and someday, somebody, somehow, will use it. This is faith, to plant trees under which you will not sleep, to build churches in which you will not worship, to create schools in which you will not study, to teach students whose futures you will not know, and to buy land which you will not till. But someone will, or at least that is your hope, and in that hope, hope against hope, salvation. That is why today as darkness is falling across a confused, frightened, and benighted land, you have done some things this week, this year. You offered a morning prayer, good for you. You sent a check, good for you. 
You went and volunteered, good for you. You spoke up and spoke out regardless of the fan mail, family disdain, and other costs. You did something. Will it make a difference? It may not, but it does make a difference to you, for you, if for no one else. So go and buy your little plot of land. After 40 years of preaching sermons hardly anyone listened to, and just before being buried at an unmarked grave, Jeremiah looked up, reached higher, saw things from a higher ground. Today with our Jewish sisters and brothers, we celebrate a new season, a new year, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and in our Bach Cantata, a New Year's celebration. Dr. Jarrett, what does our cantata, this New Year's cantata, sing out for us today? For more than a decade, music at Marsh Chapel has cultivated our own little plot of land, the rich and fertile soil of the vocal works of Johann Sebastian Bach, the endeavor around the recreation of this extraordinary repertoire by our players and singers is its own form of activism, faith, even tithing perhaps, and over time and our shared commitment, maybe Jeremiah might even see restoration. This year's cantata series explores four works Bach composed for New Year's Day. At the highest altitude, these are joyful and celebratory cantatas at least in the outer movements. To be sure, the inner movements can be counted on to remind us of the gloom of sin and death at some point. Today's cantata, number 41, Jesu nun sei gepreiset, or Jesus now be praised, numbers among the great chorale cantatas from Bach's second annual cycle of cantatas in Leipzig. In these remarkable works, the great hymns of the faith, chorales, are the alpha and omega. Today's cantata sets the outer verses of Johann Hermann's 1593 text exactly in the opening and closing movements while paraphrasing the inner verse of the chorale in the arias and recitatives within the cantata. The passing of the old year and the welcoming of the new year takes on various dimensions for each of us and for Bach and his congregation, they were reminded that as the old year is analogous to the Old Testament, the new year reveals the hope of resurrection from the New Testament, law and grace. And perhaps a more obvious temporal analogy, our mortal life on earth is the old year that passes and the new year represents our hopes for the life eternal. For this reason, the central text offers a prayer for mercy and salvation upon the believer's death. Finally, the bass soloist reminds us that the mortal life is constantly thwarted and threatened by Satan's works, potentially jeopardizing our hope for life in eternity, the new year of our soul. Musically, this cantata is extraordinarily rich in invention and detail, from the first measure to the last. For the central aria, our principal cellist, Guy Fishman, plays a five-stringed cello called a cello piccolo, with music that seems to depict our earthly toil in sincere and honest strains of, un, un, of astonishing difficulty. The joyful soprano aria heard immediately following the opening choral movement features dance rhythms and a choir of merry oboes. However, nothing can sufficiently prepare the listener for the glorious opening movement. 
The chorale is faithfully rendered in long tones in the soprano part with truly astonishing invention all around. Here, Bach gives us bold contretemps writing in the latest style, think New Year, with the final two lines of the text set in the old contrapuntal or fugal style before recasting those same lines of text to the new music. Truly a dialectic of old and new styles transformed by their relation to one another. As academic communities at schools and colleges throughout the country commence a new year this month, they too engage in this dialectic of the hope of new beginnings forged in the knowledge and wisdom of those who have gone before. And of those who have gone before, few surpass Bach's capacity to reveal new heights and hopes for our daily strivings and our future together. Beloved, given this New Year vision, you may want and need to shift your perspective, to alter your angle of vision, to see things from higher ground. Some measure of health or salvation or mental sanitation may require it. Our Bach cantata today will help us to go higher still. The Matterhorn is the most beautiful mountain on our planet. Today the beautiful, tomorrow the true, the next day the good. An excellent view of the majestic alpine peak may be found in Zermatt. If, as, and as memory serves, you can drive to Zermatt, rent an old Duchevaux, say, a pristine alpine village snow-laden in the summer, its shops and hostels windswept and well-kept. The view from Zermatt is fine. You can share it in physical comfort and communal fellowship. The Matterhorn, just before you. There is, though, a better view for which, though, you will need to shift your perspective to alter your angle of vision, to change your social location in order to see things from even higher ground. High up to the southeast in the craggy mountain cliffs, there is farther up the small hamlet of Gornergrat. To get up there, if and as memory serves, you must take an open chair, chair by chair, chain rail car, ascending at 45 degrees, up and up and on up, nearer to the summit, and far closer to your ideal aspirational view of the true good and beautiful. The ride is short, but terrifying. At the top, mid-July, thick snow, hard ice, brisk wind, and a coldness of cold awaits you, as does the mesmerizing thrall of the Matterhorn. Step gingerly out of the old open rail car. Get your footing. Get your mountain sea legs. Raise your gaze. Raise your gaze. There. A new way of seeing. Luke, Jeremiah. A new way of thinking. Luke, Jeremiah. A new way of being. The beauty of Bach. Health and sanity may impel or compel you to higher ground. Our climate, our nation, our denomination, all in peril. They hang in various and awkward balances. What is the next ride up for you? Up the cable car, into the unforeseen. And what beauty will carry you? Ours is this choral song, thine alone is the glory, thine alone is the praise. Teach us to bear affliction, 
govern all our deeds. Amen.
bei Tag und Nacht zu unserem Schaden wacht und unsere Ruhe wird verstören, so wollest du, o oh Herr Gott, erhören, wenn wir in heiliger Gemeinen beten, den Zu deinem Ruhm, dein außerweltes Eigentum und können auch nach Kreuz und Leiden zur Helligkeit von Himmel scheiden. the glory, thine alone is the praise. Teach us to bear affliction, govern all our deeds. Please join me in thanking the Marsh Chapel Choir and Collegium under the direction of Dr. Scott Ellinger for leading us in musical reflection and praise this morning. Good morning. We welcome you again to Marsh Chapel on this last Sunday in September. Thank you for joining us as a part of our community of worship today, whether you are seated here in the sanctuary, listening on the radio or live stream on the internet, or later via our podcast. In a spirit of friendship, we ask those of you seated in the pews that you locate the red booklets at the end of each pew toward the center aisle and enter your name and contact information. This helps us to get to know you better and you to get to know one another better. After the service, please join us downstairs for coffee hour and fellowship in the marsh room. 
And we'd like to remind you that next Sunday is World Communion Sunday and also our International Student Sunday here at Marsh Chapel. We encourage and welcome international students to worship with us next week and then join us for a special pastish luncheon after the service in the Marsh Room. For all other news and upcoming events, please visit our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as the chapel website at bu.edu chapel, where there is also the opportunity for online giving. Now, as the ushers wait upon us for the offering, may we remember that it is a gift and a discipline to be a giver.
merciful God, everything in heaven and earth belongs to you. We joyfully release what you have entrusted to us. May these gifts be signs of our whole lives returned to you, dedicated to the healing and unity of all creation. Amen. May the sun show warm and bright on you, your darkest night a star shine through, your dullest morn a radiance brew, and when dusk comes God's hand to you. The blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be and abide with each one of us now and forever. Amen.